1: Two days after Thanksgiving, welcome to a special Saturday evening broadcast of tune in tomorrow unless of course you're listening in the archive in which case it's whatever day of the week you say it is. We're going to be talking all kinds of things about your soaps including what when the truth will come out about Jason what got Devon and Hillary fans in a little bit of a uproar earlier this week and a whole lot more. so stay tuned. we'll start. Right on the other side of the opening song. you're just sitting around and you think, wow, you know what I really want to do right now? I want to eat like an entire pizza, maybe two dozen wings, and wash it all down with some french fries and of course diet soda. That was kind of how this podcast came about tonight. I haven't done one in a while and I've kind of been really wanting to because there's so much to talk about. And I finally said, you know what? Let's just do it. We'll throw it out there and see if anybody's around, if anybody wants to talk and uh, and if not, then I'll babble to myself for a while and then claim technical difficulties and hang up and just write the whole thing off as a mess. But uh, we do have some people around tonight who want to talk, and if you're one of them, Give me a call at 714-868-0749. Again, that's 714-868-0749. You can dial that number and just to listen into the show while it's live, or if you want to actually join me and share some of your thoughts about your favorite and or least favorite stories that are unfolding on the soaps right now, just uh, press the button when indicated. It will let me know you're on the line, and uh, we will have a bit of a chat. So in just a minute, we're going to bring on one of my very favorite people in the whole wide world. And I don't think I have to say much more than that for you to know who it is. Uh, But first, I just want to get to a quick rundown of some of the highs and lows of the last couple of weeks since last week spoke in this forum. Uh, I should say, for those of you who don't know, I'm Richard. I'm the Executive Editor and tweetmaster General at Soaps In Depth. But because you're here, I kind of assume you already know that because you probably found out about this on Twitter. Uh, so since last we talked, you know, the the uh, Patient 6 slash Jason story on General Hospital has kicked into high gear. And I've got to say, I think both Billy Miller and Steve Burton are really bringing it. I have not I've not necessarily thought that Billy Miller had a lot of great material since um, coming on as Jason a couple years ago. I'm very used, you know. I really loved him uh, as Billy on The Young and the Restless, so I was struggling a little bit with some of the stuff that he's played on General Hospital. But this story has really just brought his skills to the fore, and he's playing the heck out of it. It's a fantastic performance, and it's interesting because. Billy Miller's side of the story is playing all of the sort of you know kind of rage that he that that Jason is feeling at someone coming in and trying to steal his life while Steve Burton is playing sort of the opposite of that he's really doing a great job of keeping patient six's emotions in check and saying, this is all going to sort itself out, but I don't want to push Sam. I don't want to alienate anyone. It's fun watching the whole town be divided. But the big question is, how much longer is this going to go on? And I will tell you right now, not much longer. In the very, 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 very near future, you're going to know for sure who is who as far as uh, the two men are concerned. That's going to be wrapped up really quickly. And then we'll move on to the next phase of the story, which is, of course, who was behind this and why? Why would someone do this to people? Which is actually a really good question. Why the heck would you do this to someone? Uh, Meanwhile, over on The Bold and the Beautiful, we're about to kick off a whole new arc. Um, If you've been a little tired of the Steffi, Liam, Bill stuff, don't worry, because on Monday, Ingo Rademacher begins appearing as – thorn Forrester, and it'll be interesting to see what spin he puts on it you know you don't bring ingo on to play a character who's going to be relegated to the basement which is sort of thorn's whole you know life the last couple of years is when when he was not all off camera overseas in paris running Forrester international he was in the basement so it'll be really fun and interesting to see what they decide to do with him now that they've got um, Ingo in the part. I'm kind of sad. I'm a big fan of Winter Harmon, and I, I, I don't necessarily, you know, I'm glad to have Ingo on the show, but I don't necessarily feel like they needed to recast Thorne. They could have just brought on Ingo in another role. But in any case, this is the direction they've gone, and we'll start seeing on Monday exactly how that's going to play out. I'm on a real high with these of Our Lives lately. Um, it's not traditionally my show, but I'm really enjoying the show lately. And I think one of the reasons that it's really working for me, and I hear this from a lot of people on Twitter too, is that even the most over the top storylines, you know, you look at um, whether it's the doppelganger story that wrapped up recently or the Will Back from the Dead. You guys know I'm not a fan of Back from the Dead stories, but they're really injecting this with a lot of heart. It's really about family and family ties and emotions, and it's working on pretty much every level for me. Uh, The Young and the Restless had just a really lovely Thanksgiving episode yesterday, uh, and last week um, some Hillary and Devon fans got very upset with me because I suggested that Uh, what I really want to see is Hillary lose everything or Hillary, um, maybe even someone try and kill Hillary and have that bring her to a moment of change. Because for me, the character has been really wildly unpleasant over the last um, couple of months. And that's nothing against Michelle Morgan. It's, you know, it's 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 just the way the character has been written. I love Michelle Morgan. I love the character, but I don't like the way the character's been written and portrayed. I want the Hillary hour to be canceled. I want to send Hillary in a new direction. Well, some fans, and you know who you are, who want to see nothing, but, you know, if it, Hillary and Devon aren't holding hands by the end of the day and if they aren't skipping down the aisle and, and being happily married, and to me that means storyline Siberia – well, then they're not happy, and so you know and yep you know, that's great. you don't have to agree with me i don't I don't expect people to agree with me all the time they should, but I don't expect them to, but what I don't tolerate is trash talking of actors or of you know i i just i don't i don't if you want to trash talk stories if you want to trash talk you know um uh, if you want to have different opinions if you want to have discussions debates that's all awesome but when you start calling people names and using all caps and getting, you know, personal and nasty, that's when you're going to get a block from the Soaps In Depth Twitter account. And that happened this week because people, you know, can't separate uh, fiction from real life. And it's just a soap opera, kids. It's fun. It's not meant to get you that upset. And if it does, walk away from the television. Uh, We're going to bring somebody on right now who I think probably would agree with me on some or all of that. Then again, he may disagree with everything I say because he's just disagreeable as a general rule. Despite that, I'm always happy when he's here. So um, good evening, Mr. Dan J. Kroll. How are things at Kroll Manor this evening? Hello? Well, that didn't work very well. Hmm, let's try this button. Dan J. Kroll, are you there? didn't work very well. (laughs) This show is going great. Aren't we having fun now? Let's try it again. Let's see what happens. Hey, Dan Kroll, are you there? Wow, this is exactly the horrific nightmare show I (laughs) predicted. Uh, Let's see what happens if I push this other button. Oh, I'm just told that the whole show has gone dead. Uh let me let's see what happened. Dan, are you there? Dan, are you there? Uh boy, I don't know what's happening. Dan, are you there? caller can you hear me hello hi who's this it's al from canada hey al from canada will you hold on one second i'm having a little bit of phone difficulty here and i'm i was using you as a test to see where why i can't get to dan hold on one second yeah no problem dan are you there Boy, for some reason, this is not working. Uh, well, we're going to go to Al in Canada for a minute and uh, talk to him because he at least is able to pick up on my phone. Al, how are you this evening? Uh, good. I think I sort of hear him, but it's like it's, he's saying something like muted. So That's weird. Yeah, yeah, he it, sent yeah. me a message saying that he's muted, but I have no—I don't even know how to do that. My my uh, message, my board tonight is giving me all kinds of very bizarre uh symbols. They're not like the normal symbols that I get. They're they're it's almost like hieroglyphics. Okay. So right. uh, well, you know, I've got you and I'm happy to have you. So uh what's up? <laughs> uh not much. I'll just dive into everything just real quick and then you can sort of get that on. Um so uh G H, uh I just had two things on G H and I'll just go through the other stuff quick. Um two things on G H. One, uh, I'll just uh with Jason and um, his brother, twin brother, we'll say Billy Jason and Steve Jason, this is what I think is happening. I think that Billy Jason is the real Jason Quartermain that grew up like in the 90s. But then when he had the accident, he was switched out for Jason Morgan. But Jason Morgan is the person that's sunny, that started working for Sonny and all of that. That's what I think it is. You know, there's been a lot of interesting theories, including one that one of the, um, one of them, whether it's uh, Steve Burton or uh, Billy Miller, is playing AJ, you know, that AJ has come back yet again, or that it still might be Nicholas, and that they just gave Nicholas, you know, they used the brain mapping technology to give Nicholas uh, the memories of Jason. I will tell you this. Once the answer is revealed... This is not going to be – I always thought it might be a situation where um, – I thought it might be a situation where, you know, they could give you the answer and then six months down the line uh, change it. You know, they could say, they could say, uh, well, we're, we actually – we said this, but it's actually going to be something else. But that is not actually what they're planning to do. They're actually – once they reveal this, I am told that this will be the actual answer. They won't play games because they feel like the audience has been – you know, sort of. They've toyed with the audience. They did. They didn't want to drag this out for terribly long. They could. You know, they easily could drag this out six months or more. But they're going to give us the answer, and this will be the answer. So, so if when you know the answer comes out, people, people are you know, there's always going to be people who don't like it. Well, too bad. You're stuck with it. So, <laughs> so here it comes. Right. Um, my second thing on GH was I, I have a problem with GH when, when it comes to screen hogness, it seems like Carson and J-Sam, both versions, um, kinda hog up and take over all the stories and it makes G H very kinda um one kind of note. What do you think about that? And how does that play out with the actors who have to play that, you know? Like when they come in, do the other actors you think kind of, you know, have kind of a kind of weird kind of hierarchy type of thing. Okay, well, now that um, um, Steve Burton's coming back, well, he's going to get main story, and everybody else, like Dante and everybody else, are going to have to be on the sidelines. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's that's always a weird question. I'm not a weird question, a weird situation. Um, it happens on primetime. It happens on daytime. You know, whenever you bring in somebody uh, big, there is that question of are they going to suddenly like, you know, be the actor who ate the canvas. I could see if somebody said this story in particular has, you know, taken over the canvas to a certain degree, and it has, but it's an umbrella story, and it's a story that impacts a lot of people. I don't feel as if, you know, like Steve Burton himself or, or Steve Burton's character, I don't feel as if that character has taken over the canvas at all. I feel as if they've done a really good job of sort of playing this I mean, we're seeing more of Monica now than we've seen in ages and I love that. Um and they've really to me done a really great job of of telling this as a big picture story. And we're still seeing the other stories that aren't necessarily part of it also playing out on the canvas. And to me that's, you know, that's just as important is that it not become, you know, you know one of my big complaints with Bold and the Beautiful is when it goes into one of those phases where it is nothing but one story and they don't cut away to anything else. So for me, I think they're doing a pretty good job uh, of balancing the canvas. Do you feel the same way? Uh, um, so, so, because I watch GH on and off. So so from what I've seen lately, it feels like um, when they got Ron Carlovati in, um, he he's uh, um, the head runner right now. Ron is it? No, Ron is at Days, right? Right. Ron is at Days. The head writers at, the GH has co-head writers right now. Um, it's Chris Van Etten and Shelly Altman. And Chris just recently—he's been with the show for a while, but he just moved up to the co-head writer spot. We just started seeing his stuff start airing about two months ago. Okay. Um, when Ron was there, he made it more balanced. Um uh and now that he's left it feels like it's gone back to a Carson J Sam kind of vibe. I can see that. I mean, I can see how people would say that. Um it's a little bit hard for me to judge, I think, just because hard for you to I, judge? Yes, Mr. Kroll. It's hard for me to judge someone who's not you. Oh, look who finally decided to pipe in. Dan Kroll um, of Soap Central has apparently figured out how to work his phone. How nice for him. Um, but I'm talking to Al right now. If you want to sit there and snark from the sidelines, I'm right, I'm uh, to the all right. I do. I. I. You know. I. I do understand that. But I feel like part of the reason that it's so heavily, like, you know, focused on Carly, Jason, and and that sort of segment is that this is a huge this huge story has a huge impact on them. You know, they are a big part of this story. Okay. Um, I'll just move into uh B and B quickly just one one on them. Now that Winter Harmon has left, what show sure would you wanna see him go on? Would you wanna actually see him maybe, you know, how um Ingo has taking over for him him. What do you think about uh Windsor taking over for Ingo and being um, Jax on GH, or would you like to do no the YNR day? He couldn't possibly go to GH as 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 uh, Jax because the fans would rebel. They would they you know there is just no way fans would accept that at all. Period. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I I mean I remember when all the way back when he was down on. I could see him. the problem is that all the shows are so heavy heavy cast wise right now like I feel like i don't necessarily want people coming on shows I want people leaving shows and you know i i like i when i i don't necessarily see a spot where I would immediately say that's the spot where I would put windsor if if for example um if Josh were to leave days i could see him playing roman you know i could totally see him stepping in and playing roman brady uh, i think he'd be a, a great roman brady recast but you know josh plan needs to go anywhere that i know of so there's no they, they, they don't need that and i don't know i i don't know i don't see necessarily a show that has openings in that area okay um i'm just going to move into um uh, Days, I really like uh, what Ron has done for Days, and everything is being played. And one thing I guess is uh, Days is uh, having a better Days of all the um, silks has a better community. Uh, I just feel like everybody can move around the canvas more and all that. And I really like that James Reynolds as Abe has gotten really some rock solid stuff. I had asked you, um, you know, several weeks ago about like who was rock solid on each show, and I think James Reynolds as Abe Carver. Is rock solid. What do you? But the thing is, is do you think his anger and him saying that if his son doesn't make it, he's going to cut out the, the Hortons out of his life, or do you think that's kind of over the top? I think you're right. I think the days right now of all the shows has the best sense of community. I think I know who everybody is on that canvas and where they fit in. They play them well. Um, you know, you have characters who very easily move. From one set of storylines into another. Like I love all the stuff going on at the Kiriakis mansion. I love the return of Cassie DePaiva. That's that's a wonderful kind of year-end treat. I it's one of those things where we knew it was happening because of course days taped so far in advance. But you know I I we knew that she was coming, but I kind of forgot about it. So so when she walked in, I was like, oh, this is interesting. Let's see what they do with her. And I can't say that I loved. I can't say that I loved Eve the last time Cassie was on the canvas. I liked the stuff with, with Eve and J.J., but the rest of her story, nothing really – I didn't really care very much. Already I'm far more invested because she's right in the heart of the Kiriakis family. She's involved in the business. You know, she's butting heads with Brady. Maggie doesn't want her living under the roof. So, so But you can take any of those characters and move them. You know, Maggie can get in a fight at the Kiriakis mansion and then go cry with Sammy over Will having come back. You know they've done a great job of using Marlena as as sort of the the conduit through which Will is being reintroduced into society, and they're about to do something. Some of you know because you know spoilers get out there. Um, there was a there was the big Days uh, promo that they put out that they showed at Day of Days that sort of gave this away. But something I don't want to say what for people who don't know. But something Sammy is about to do something so messed up that it is. Epic and awesome, and I can't wait to see how it plays on screen. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, I know what I, didn't do, I won't say, but I know. What yeah, it is it's huge good. and it's great and it's G-A. cool. Yeah, if, and if you want to it's know, cool. you know, go on, go on, go on YouTube and and look for the promo that they showed at Day of Days. Um, because it's out there if you want to see it. But it had a lot of spoilers in it that I don't necessarily want to give away, but what Sammy does next in the Will story is crazy messed up, and I love dark stories, so I'm really into it. Um, just one thing on Sammy, before I wrap, uh, wrap up with um, y and our questions. Do you think that Sammy should have come back a little bit more slicker instead of Hurricane Sammy as usual? I don't think there's any way to bring Sammy back in a story where you know people are digging up her son's grave, which is when we first saw her was was finding at you know was was at at the site of will's grave and not have her be there really hasn't been a chance for her not to be whirlwind Sammy because she's coming back in this incredibly emotionally tempestuous time. So it would be almost impossible for her to come back any other way than that. I think I do hope that we get to keep her long enough that we see sort of the other side and we're seeing little bits of it. Like I love the stuff with her and race sort of arguing, flirting at the police station and remembering their, you know, when they were married and stuff like that. So I, I'd like for her to stick around, that we do get to play a little bit more of the emotional depth as opposed to just the whirlwind. But I don't know that I don't know that I would have changed anything about her return because I think I think I really like that story, and I think Allison Sweeney and Eileen Davidson and um, Chandler Massey I think they're all just like really knocking it out of the park. Right. Okay. I'll move. I have some things on days, but I'll I'll, I'll just stay say that for another time um and just uh why now um do you think now that um now young what do you think about mal Young's every day is a different day in general city well i don't think that i noticed that necessarily i i i mean like i don't think thanksgiving was only one day i think it unfolded over a couple of days uh I don't have any problem with that if you do it well. Other soaps have tried that in the past, and it's really hard to do because you 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 know the nature of a soap is that you build to a cliffhanger that supposedly is going to pick up the next day, and it's really hard to do that if you're going to jump to a new day. I do think that I don't mind picking up the pace. I don't mind less recapping. I like the transitional scenes that they've been doing. I think it's a little bit early to overall judge what Mal has brought to the table because I feel like he was left with a lot of really bad stories that he's now trying to wrap up and um, you know, like the sex trafficking story. He took a bad story, killed off Zach and I like where they've spun it with, you know, really do we see fallout from things like this? I like the idea of seeing the fallout of how, The fact that Abby was working for Newman Enterprises impacts Victor's business and, you know, a federal probe is launched and all that. That's interesting to me because it takes a bad story and gives it something that I care about. Do you think that we're going to see more of the Baldwin and the Williams getting more personal story? We've seen Paul on a lot lately, but he's more in detective mode. I kind of hope so. Um, I mean, I think Michael and Lauren are one of those couples that everybody in the audience loves. They have a lot of connections. I hate that they wrote off Kevin. Um, I think the Fisher-Baldwins are one of the most interesting families on daytime, if certainly in Genoa City. So I hope that we see more of them, but it, you know, only time will tell, I guess. Right. Uh, so I just have one, uh, two last versus questions. There's just only two. Uh, one, who do you think had the, had the uh, better Greek tragedy uh, between the two shows? G.H.'s Sonny um, killing Michael's uh, real-life father, A.J., or Paul having to kill his son, uh, Ricky, from killing Michael Baldwin's sister, Eden? Well, I didn't really care about Ricky all that much. I loved the fallout of it impacting Paul, but, you know, that story sort of had – it was sort of a blip. It didn't really have all that big an impact because nobody really cared about Ricky and he was threatening, you know, a character that nobody cared about and then Paul killed him and we cared about Paul so we were invested in that. But overall, I didn't think it was a particularly great story so I would have to go with Sonny on that one. Okay. If Nikki finally left Victor for good and you had to set him up with uh, three other um, uh, soap, um, female soap characters, from different shows, who would you set him up with? Uh, I'll give you the three choices. Um, Anna Devane from GH, Marlena Evans-Black from Days, or Brooke Logan from B&B? Well, Victor should hook up with Marlena because she could help him with all of his many deep psychological <laughs> issues. But Anna would probably right. be a more interesting one for him. You know, Anna would sort of perk him up and... Uh, I think she would get him involved in some adventures. She'd get him off the ranch. Um, and she would not necessarily put up with his crap. Brooke would be a terrible choice for him because Brooke would just, he would just walk all over Brooke. Brooke. Brooke would just, you know, she, she, she needs to be stronger. And I think she would just sort of be walked over by Victor. Okay. Right on. All right. Well, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Uh, give uh, Dan J my best. Take care. Bye-bye. Cool. Thanks, Al. Well, Dan, that just leaves you and me. I I don't know why anyone would want to listen to you and me talk, but I guess we should. Uh, how are things at Crowell Manor? Did you have a good Thanksgiving?
0: Who are you? Where am I? Who am I?
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I must have picked up the wrong line. Is that you, Dina? Uh, Graham? Graham? Come and give Mommy some love, <laughs> oh, stop now, Nobody wants to see that. nobody wants to hear that, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. This is the one the only thank God, Dan Kroll of Soap Central, who you know I still get messages from people on Twitter who think that we really don't like each other, they don't get that like like you are you are one of my favorite people on the planet i I don't know many people, obviously, so that limits the the <laughs> pool. But you are one of my favorite people on the planet, and and I love playing with you on Twitter. That sounds dirty. Well,
0: well, you know, the holidays are all about being with the people that you care about, and I did that on Thanksgiving. So today, I thought I'd spend it with someone who I don't <laughs> like, and that would be you.
1: <laughs> oh, you always say the nicest stuff. I know, I know. <laughs> so, so. You know, let's 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 talk about soaps for a little bit here. okay. Um, so tell me what you think of the main plots going on on the four shows. So we'll talk J- – J- the two Jasons, obviously, is a big story for GH. Uh, Bill you know, Liam, I have to
0: say, it, it, I'm going to – we'll start – you know what? Let's go alphabetically, and we'll do it sort of quick and then go back in depth. The thing with The Bold and the Beautiful that I find – uh, let's call it courageous. Let's call it brave. Is that for almost all of November sweeps, the Bold and the Beautiful has focused on pretty much one story. And you know, you can argue that it's thirty minutes, and you know, they have the the ability to do that. But it's really, really brave that they would choose this one sort of the Steffi, uh, Liam, and Bill story because if that's the only thing on. Day after day, and if fans don't like those characters or the way the storyline is going, it has the potential for disaster. So it'll be interesting to see how their ratings are as sweeps sort of unfold. I know the first week of sweeps they were uh, to like the highest numbers since the spring, so that's interesting. Um, I guess we'll zip to the to Days of Our Lives. It's been a long time since I've really, really, really enjoyed. Days of Our Lives, where I, I saw in your your tease for the show, where you said it, it's funny Days of Our Lives is kind of doing every single thing that we say soaps should not do in 2017 mm-hmm. slash almost 2018, and for whatever reason it it's entertaining. I, I don't know. It, it's I feel like I'm I'm hypocritical, but I guess this also does prove that if you're if you're going to do something, maybe own it. And do it in a way that it doesn't come across as just eye-roll worthy? I don't know. It, it's sort of interesting. And I'll, I'll tie that into also into GH. I also have to say it's been a really long time since I've thought General Hospital was really, really good. Like, tune in every day. Uh, I'm going to assume that it's uh, new co-head writer Chris Van Etten because uh, this show seemed to tick up. For me, personal, uh, when his name started appearing in the credits as head writer or co-head writer. So, uh, I mean, I'm going to go with that. After, you know, years of it, maybe two or so years of it seeming like there was never any kind of resolution to a story. There was never any payoff. You watch, you watch, you watch. You want to find out that, you know, Hayden and Liz are sisters and then it's, hey, we're sisters yay and then there's nothing else so now we're getting payoff and that's kind of interesting and they may have even made amy somewhat interesting which in itself is a a phenomenal undertaking and then the young and the restless i've actually been enjoying it too i've been enjoying it for a little bit longer than i think mal young has been credited as as head writer uh but clearly his his influence but there seems to be trying of some new things with some new camera angles and some new techniques and uh, trying to do a, a bunch of other stuff that I've really enjoyed. And I kind of, for the most part, enjoy a lot of the stories. So that certainly seems to be a plus. Now that's not to say of those four, of the four soaps that there aren't things that aren't working or that I have issues with, but those are some of the things that I'm thankful for since we're sort of in the, the season of, of thankfulness.
1: All right. Well, let's go back and we'll do a little deeper dive on those. And we'll start with BMB. We'll okay. do them alphabetically since you're, you're, you're very anal that way. You're very big. We're gonna You know what it is? It's all those countdown shows you listen to. That's what it, it kind is. Of it. <laughs> it's just easier so we're going to in my go, head. So we're going to go back. We're going to start with B, And, and, you know, you and I are on the same page with what you were talking about, as far as um, single storyline being focused on. Now, people on Twitter a lot of times say, well, there's only 30 minutes. Um, here's the thing. In those 30 minutes, they have the time to cut from the story that's unfolding to people talking about the story that's unfolding. So that to me says you could just as easily cut to you know, a separate story. And, and BNB does go through periods where it's telling more than one story at a time. I – I struggle with the single storyline because I, like I said, I, I like the story. I love the Bill Steffi Liam story. I think it's a great story, but when you have the, when you cut away from those characters to other people talking about what's happening with those characters, I feel like you're wasting my time. I feel like you're treading water and I, that time could be better spent. And granted it is only a half hour, 22 minutes when you take out the commercials, but, you know, Lord be a second story because I I do want to see that. Now, what'll be interesting is we know Ingo joins the cast on Monday. Does that mean we're going to do nothing but you know Ridge, Thorn, Brook that story for a couple of weeks, or will we actually continue to tell the Bill, uh, Steffi, Liam story? It's going to be interesting to see. I'm hoping that it's the latter because I really enjoy when the show tells two stories at once, but. I don't know. For me, I, I think
0: know. they had a lost opportunity. This is just me, this is just my thought. Going into the long holiday break, for me, the way Wednesday show should have ended was with a voice crying out or saying from the doorway, "Do you have room for one more?"
1: Yeah, and then the camera. I pan. The same thing.
0: I thought that would have worked much better. It would have allowed them to sort of roll over. It would have, I mean, they've announced that he's starting on Monday, but I think, A, having a little sneak attack at the end of the show would have been kind of fun. It would have been buzzy for a couple of days. But I think it would have really set the stage for Monday rather than uh, I'm going to assume that they're rejoining the show maybe more in real time and that they're not going to be sitting at the Thanksgiving table anymore. So it would have been, I don't know, in my mind, that would have been a really nice way to introduce him but I completely uh, agree. It also,
1: it gives you a cliffhanger as opposed to everybody sitting at the table, staring at each other, you know? Um, But, you know, and, I get why they did the episode they did, um, because that's their tradition. You know, it's sort of like GH having the pizzas delivered and everyone singing. It's it's a tradition, and I love soap traditions. But I feel like that soap tradition could have been amped up a notch if, exactly as you said, at the end of the episode, you know, someone walked in and – or, you know, have him walk in carrying dessert. Uh, You know, I brought a pie, whatever. But you turn around, and there's Ingo. It, It gets people buzzing it gets anyone who, who watches the show but didn't necessarily know that he was joining the show, they might tell their friends, oh my god, he starts on Monday, I know you love him, you need to see this, so yeah, I, I agree, that There's was
0: even the other nice opportunity is for folks who aren't on I mean, I'm assuming that if they're not reading a magazine, they may also not be visiting any of the websites including Subcentral, so it may be something where there are people who are fully hold off from the gossip of the soap world. It also would have been good for them to be on Wednesday for them calling up their friends and going, you know, who the hell was that guy at the end of the show that says room for one more for the people who had no idea what was going on. Mm -hmm. That might also give them an opportunity to want to wait until Monday as well. We sort of, sometimes we sort of think of the fact that, you know, we know what's going on because of, of, you know, the, the pitfalls of, of business. So we kind of know what's going on. And then of course the folks who are listening, are more than likely going to be people who seek out information in Soaps In Depth, in the magazine, on your website, and on Soap Central. So we, we kind of forget that there are other people who, for whatever reason, I mean, they must be horrible if they don't know who we are, but if they don't know who we are, they may not know all this other stuff that's going on, and I think that would have been a really nice way to hook them. And the other thing about the holiday is, I know it's not just me, because you went on Twitter uh, proclaiming that today was Friday,
1: I have no idea what day it is
0: anymore. It's so rare that there are days where there isn't at least one soap on, where, you know, Days of Our Lives decides to screw up the day off and show a new show. So to have uh, Thursday and Friday sort of soap free of new episodes got my work done early. So, like, today feels like Monday, but I know that it's not. But then it feels like Sunday. So tomorrow, I don't know what's going to happen. But that's just my other little random Todd uh, tidbit in there for you.
1: Do you notice people, and I see this, I assume people on Twitter, I assume anyone who's on Twitter and is following, you know, whether it's Soap Central or Soap's In Depth, if they're following us, I assume they're pretty up to date and they know, you know, they know pretty much all the stuff we're talking about. And yet I am shocked by how often I'll be live tweeting a show or I'll be talking about something and, and it's something that I assume everybody knows because it's been out there for weeks. And I'll get people responding to me as if I just unleashed the biggest spoiler ever. Do you see that? Do you get people who you assume are connected and it turns out that, you know, they didn't know that Ingo was joining the show?
0: I mean, I get that from sometimes from the show PR where I'll say something <laughs> and, and they'll be like,
1: Oh my God, you're the worst person in the whole world.
0: You know, we're something that they've shown. Uh, You know, that they they put on their own Twitter feed, and I'll comment about it in the course of live tweeting, and I'll get a little message or a phone call that says, you know, paraphrasing, hey, you jerk, uh, why are you telling things you shouldn't? And then I reply with a link to their tweet that had, you know, the the promo of surprise, uh, Tamara Braun is back on GH. You know, it was in TV Line the day before. Come on. Uh, Just as an example. So, uh, I mean, I guess. I, I don't know. Uh, uh, I guess it depends on how closely you follow it. There are people um, like the person who called in. There are people who, you know, follow our antics on on Twitter, and we know that they're following through day by day by day. But I will tell you that, you know, I look at traffic logs for Soap Central to see what articles click with people and what people seem to be going to, and it never fails that sometimes there are articles about casting or, or other non-directly soap-related things that are old, sometimes in some cases years old, that people su- suddenly decide to find or somehow stumble across. And then they go for, I hate the term, but they'll go you know, viral all over again. There's a, an article about someone who had his dog. It was on Guiding Light. He had his dog put to sleep, and then shortly thereafter, I think he took his own life. I may be forgetting the story. But this is like seven years ago. And for whatever reason, it's again, it's like among the most 20 read news articles on the site. So you don't know how people find things or what they're looking for uh, or how closely they follow. It's very possible that they check in, say, once a month just to see what's going on. Maybe they're not even watching the shows on a daily basis anymore, but they should, uh, especially now because they're good. But you know, things like that, that that may be why they're sort of out of the loop is if, if you know, they're following 3,000 people on Twitter, sometimes you know, I miss stuff that you say, and I actively follow you because I know you. I want to see what you're tweeting on, on your multiple handles, and there's plenty of times where I'll, I'll shoot you a text message and say, hey, wait a minute. When did this happen? I missed this. And you'll say, yeah, I tweeted about it you know, earlier in the week.
1: That's uh, it's true you for know, two people I'm who are as, who are as in constant communication as we're because like we don't just interact on Twitter we we actually private message each other and for two people who are as often communicating as we are I can't believe how often you say things or post something and I'm like I had no idea until somebody else pointed it out to me <laughs> <laughs> it's you know it, it's
0: one of the things with with having a, a whole life I mean as much as we probably don't want to admit it I guess we do have lives and sometimes <laughs> live uh, life takes precedent, and we miss a couple of things so if we 've missed you know tweeting some of you guys happy birthday or, or other milestones in your life, or if you 're one of the stars of the soaps who are listening, and maybe you know we uh, miss promoting a project that you 're on, please don 't hold it against us. you know certainly we, we do the best that we can to keep up, but sometimes things sort of get lost in the in the fuddle, and if you 're tweeting something at four in the morning i 'm just going to bed and richard 's still Fast asleep, snoring. Probably that you know we may not see it.
1: <sighs> Shh, Richard, wake up! Yeah, I I I do <laughs> snore really loudly. That's I I snore it. so loudly that when we travel, Charlie and Gary refuse to share a hotel room with me. They're like, "No, do you get your own room. You get your own on room. another floor, um, in another yeah, hotel, on another, in another building, <laughs> if possible." <laughs> we're staying at the, we're going to stay at the Borgata, and you can stay at the Water Club. <laughs> Uh, okay, so next alphabetically would be days okay um days here's an interesting topic. This came up on twitter um uh yesterday or the day before i was I was not so live tweeting and I was catching up and um a couple of people who regularly interact with me or one who regularly interacts with me and one who doesn't regularly um they were bringing up – they were talking about the shooting story with um, in which J.J. was pursuing – he didn't know it was Theo, told Theo to drop the gun. Theo didn't drop the gun tur- and turned around slowly. J.J. shot him. Uh, and, you know, they're doing this, like, cop shooting story. And there was – I think it's actually a really good story. I'm really enjoying it. Um, but I was actually kind of – I was basically called out as having – you know, as viewing this through the eyes of white privilege – and I was, you know, being told that for people of color, well, you know, this is sort of a borderline offensive story because, you know, JJ is this angel angelic cop and Theo was doing something wrong and they put him in a hoodie as if, you know, to kind of, as if to kind of bring back memories of Trayvon Martin and play on that type of story. And, and that this was, you know, sort of a black lives matter story that, was being told through eyes that were very much geared toward, um, you know, the middle-class suburban white viewer. And there's a really interesting discussion. And, and I realized, you know, it is hard for me to, to look at it. I mean, I can't look at it as anything but what I am, which is a white male. Um, I saw from the moment this story started, I saw sort of, you know, the similarities you, you'd have to. And, you know, I, I, I feel like this is a really great soap story because it's tying together, you know, three different families, the Demeras, the Hortons, and the uh, and the Carvers through this tragedy. It's an umbrella story, but, I, but, but, but I, I really was interested in this other perspective of the story that I'm not actually, you know, I, I can't say I'm not seeing, but it doesn't impact me the way it does some other viewers.
0: Well, uh, folks, get your pitchforks out and your, your Twitter hate. Here's my take on this. I think from a story perspective, strictly a story perspective, it's a very interesting story to tell. I think on the other side, I think uh, if I were asked which of the soaps I expected to do a storyline about cop shooting, Days of Our Lives would not be the first soap out of my mouth. Uh, I would actually probably say all my children, and that, of course, is not on the air anymore because that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I kind of fall down on the side of days would have been better if they had picked someone other than Theo to be shot. I think that when you bring, even if the intent was not to look at this from a race perspective, I think that when they realized that it was a white police officer and the person who was shot was African-American, that they should have decided at that point to either go all in or to not do it. Um, Like I said, from a story perspective, I agree with what you said of bringing in all of the families. I'm finding that riveting. I mean, it's given uh, James Reynolds some of his best stuff in years. It's given him sort of a point to be there. I just think that there are going to be a lot of people who are going to look at this as a moment, as a teachable moment, as a moment to show, hey, let's show what's going on in the real world. You know, it's clear that, you know, from talking about protesting uh, at football games, taking a knee, where that's become you know, a, a touch point, and of course, a lot of people are have completely taken the argument to what something that it's not, where it started with talking about the inequalities. Uh, so that's a uh, dialing it back. I really just feel like this was a really big opportunity. They could have gone all in and really told something uh, really powerful for daytime, something that may have even generated some additional coverage and some additional viewers because it would have been something that I don't think soaps have done. The last time, I mean, I can really think of something that was controversial um, from a race perspective, other than talking about interracial dating, which makes me feel like we're talking about the 1600s, and this is back in the 90s, uh, would have been on All My Children, with uh, Taylor Roxbury Cannon going undercover as a white woman into a racist organization. But again, even that sort of becomes you know, sensational of, she did what? This is something very real um, and while I'm enjoying the storyline from the actual story part of it, uh, I, I just sort of wish that there may have been some other element brought in to address the fact that this is something that goes on in the real world and it isn't well, just
1: a cheap movie. I would be willing almost anything. I, I mean, I would, I, I, you know, I would bet my next cruise, which shows you how serious I am about this. Oh. I would be willing to bet that this story started out as something much bigger and that somewhere along the line it was, you know, whether it was network interference or, you know, someone they, they I, I would be willing to bet that there was because I don't think that I don't think that a soap writer sits down and crafts this kind of story without a bigger intent and at some point that intent was Maybe forcibly dialed back,, uh, oh, you know what
0: I, I will say i'm not I mean to that, if, if folks are listening, i don't necessarily think that this was a a fully conscious decision to you know wave something out there and have it be a, a false flag i I, I kind I of agree. Either. I think somewhere along the line, somebody said, "Hey, you know what uh, let's not do this or we don't have the resources to do it the way that we want let's let's change it." Um, I'm just saying that when you, when you look at the total picture, it's really hard to, it's really hard to sort of compare and go, Hey, wait a minute. Okay. We don't have all of this, you know, the niceness. It isn't about, I forget how you described JJ in your, in your bit, you know, warm and cuddly and loving. And uh, (laughs) and of course, Theo, I mean, nobody from that, it's sort of the same thing. No one would, I don't think has anything bad to say about Theo, but of course, on the other side, um, I've seen people on on Twitter go to the other extreme of saying, well, he was committing a crime. He should have been shot. That's, I don't, whoever the victim is, that shouldn't be the first thing. It shouldn't be shoot first, ask questions later. That's, I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch well, the of other, creative the dialogue. Other bigger, and have,
1: God. The other bigger, more basic question is this being a soap opera. A. Is it necessarily the right form to try and tell that, the, the you know, a bigger um, sort of bolder story? I mean, I think it can be done. I'm just asking, you know, maybe, maybe in this day and age. I don't know that modern soaps have the capability of doing that. I think there was a time well, when they, they probably could have. I think an Agnes Nixon could have done that. And I, I and I don't know that today's soaps would be allowed to do that. And the other question is, let's look is, at
0: some of the others that they did, though. I mean, I mean, they're not nearly as uh, as as heavy as police shootings, but right. The The Young and the Restless, for example, right now will be doing a storyline on Alzheimer's. I mean, it's not it's not going to be something that comes across as controversial the way that you're talking about Agnes Nixon may have when you talk about introducing a character who's HIV positive. Um, Or having someone come out, you know, the daughter of Erica Kane. It's not necessarily, you know, having Dina have Alzheimer's isn't controversial. No one's going to, I don't think, no one's going to run for the hills, you know, being outraged. They also did, you know, the, actually, the brief bit there actually about
1: has, heart disease. There actually has been some controversy around this. I really? was just speaking to, yes, I was just speaking to Mal Young last week about, uh, we, we were doing just a general interview and we started talking about the Alzheimer's story, which is, is very personal to him because his mother um, had Alzheimer's. And um, he got a lot of people reacting very negatively when Dina stabbed Nikki at the party because people thought that was Uh-oh. the show sort of, making light of the situation and over-dramatizing it. And, you know, when he was explaining, no, when, if you, if you've ever dealt with Alzheimer's, one of the things that you're dealing with is your, your loved one suddenly having these very big, very over the top, very outrageous sometimes reactions. And he told me a very funny story. I don't think he would mind because I'm sure he, I mean, he told it on the record. So, but when, his mother at one point was living in a home and she actually rallied, I guess, the other women in the home to like, run away, you know? And he's like, this is something our, my little mother would never, never do, but but this disease does terrible things to you. And so we never intended, he never intended for it to come off as they were, you know, using Dina to make fun of people with Alzheimer's, but some people took it that way.
0: Oh, I never got that. I mean, to me I never that, did either. I mean, I, I sort of, the thing that made it funny uh, I joked on Twitter uh, – I've been saying all along that I want to have tea and cookies with Marla Adams. I'm absolutely uh, – I've been so riveted by her work since she came back, so it's kind of fun. But then on Twitter, I made a joke that I may uh, you know, rescind the invitation because I don't want to have to check her purse for stolen silverware <laughs> when she leaves. Uh, but to that is uh, – I won't say who it is. Uh, I mean I guess no, it doesn't matter. My mother's husband's mother who is no relation to me, uh, is also, I don't know that it's been formally diagnosed, but from me, from someone who was almost a doctor, uh, she's definitely, if not in, uh, in the very early stages of Alzheimer's, and she will become very nasty and physical. Um, she was actually removed from a, a care home because she was getting violent with other old people. And you don't think that a 90-year-old or so is going to be, you know, throwing walkers at people. It sounds like a Jerry Springer episode. And, you know, it may even sound sort of of comical when you hear, what do you mean there were, you know, 90-year-old people fighting and rolling around on the ground? It it sounds on the surface kind of funny. But then you think about it, and it isn't when you realize that the person is doing it because of the fact that they have an illness. So that Mm – that makes it sad. So I, I, that didn't bother me so much. I was actually more. If anything was funny or making fun of anything, I just the whole stealing sugar packets and silverware just tickled me. Um, not even in an offensive. I just it's it's funny. Like that's what I would do if I went somewhere and saw some really nice silverware. I probably oh, just, I was gonna do
1: say that. would do. That's what you do do. Oh, please. I do. I do As do. I do. You do <laughs> That's what you do do. Um, well, let's, let's move on to the Young and the Restless for a minute here and talk a little bit about... Oh, hold on a minute. Um, we're going
0: out of alphabetical order. I have to adjust my head. Okay, go ahead. I'm ready. Yes,
1: yes. Let's talk a little bit about y and sort of the, you know, we're in the transition phase right now. We are starting to see, you know, um, stories that maybe weren't working being phased out, newer stories being brought in. We're seeing couples being realigned. <laughs> we're seeing people go uh, you know, they're getting new jobs and, and that's, you know, that's sort of how it happens is suddenly things look a little bit differently. Um, and, and one of the couples that, that that's happening with, or one of the pairings I should say, because they're not really currently a couple is Devon and Hillary. And it's funny because even in the last episode, you know, when Hillary walked in and sat down next to Phyllis and the first thing out of Phyllis's mouth was basically, Oh, Devon and Mariah broke up, what does that mean for you two? And to me, you know, there have been just little messages sent for the last few weeks that, that, yes, there is a knowledge that Hillary and Devon are sort of a couple who are potentially on the path toward a reunion. But I'm a believer that you shouldn't just rush to throw them together, that you should take your time because there are reasons they broke up, and that needs to be a process to get them back together. Would you agree?
0: Oh, here they come for me. Um, here's the thing that I find interesting.
1: <laughs> I'll get you, my Crowley.
0: Yes. So here's the thing. It's funny that they, for some people, uh, Devon and Hillary have, like, super couple status, at least, you know, with asterisks or hashtags or whatever. And I don't know that they've ever really had enough to even be there. I don't know... They have chemistry.
1: Uh, that's that's – I mean that's a given. But it's just FYI funny FYI, people, that, this is Dan talking, not Richard. That is Dan uh, saying this. When you please address all criticism, critique, and angry mail to Dan, at Dan Kroll. Dan J. Kroll <laughs>
0: on the Twitter machine. Go and find me. I'm also the same on Instagram. You can go and, and pitchforks everywhere. <laughs> it, <laughs> but it's funny. Like they have this undeniable chemistry – but for some reason, they just haven't been together and, you know, there have been conspiracy theories and people who said, well, because the fans love them, they're trying to upset the fans so they're not going to make it happen. I sort of fall into the the bit of school where Richard went to of, you know, in a perfect world, people get together and they stay together for the rest of their lives and the couple that you look up to and that you want to, you know, be like, you want to be just like, you know, Bob and Sally and ha- live for 100 years and be married for, do them at 80 or so, and that's great. However, in a fictional world, for me, I kind of like the idea of couples having troubles that they need to figure out. Now, the part about the soaps, like when you're uh, you know, banging your son's, wife or you know, you're making out with somebody under the rubble of a building, you know, that's soapy goodness and whatever. I mean, I don't necessarily think that every triumph or, or every uh, tribulation that people have has to lead on to a couple splitting up and, and screwing somebody else. I don't think that's the case. But there's something for me that I like the idea, if two people are meant to be together, that whatever it is they find their way back to the to each other because that was meant to be that they were meant to be together and i think for this while it seems sort of inevitable that devon and hillary will get back together i'm only speaking from what i think not from anything that i know or from spoilers or anything like that it seems like they're going to get back together I just I don't want them to be back together just to be back together so that, you know, some fans will say, "Yay, we were right. We won." There was a, a Devon and Mariah breakup party on Twitter. I mean, okay, I get that. You know, you want your your favorite couple or the couple that you like back together. But I think like if it's too easy, if you just get back together for the sake of getting back together, that doesn't really show me that you meant to get back together that you tried that there's something there i want to see people struggle i like to see that you know true love overcoming everything go through the problems go through the hassles and find your way back together and there
1: there was a reason you broke up in the first place you you know you can't just ignore those reasons that you broke up you have to earn your reunion you know you don't just get to, to 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 cash in on the reunion you have to because people want to see it that's that's, plus, you know, I got in a little bit of trouble with Christina and Parker fans over on General Hospital because I said, you know, they desperately wanted to see their couple get together and they wanted them to be happy. And what happened? They got together. They're happy and they're living in Oregon. And, you know, and I said, Wait hey, careful, me. What I'm you wish sorry. for?
0: while they're coming after me, I just. It's funny. Well, I got a lot of messages from people who said that I was uh, homophobic for not wanting Christina and Parker to get together. Um oh, yeah, you know, and then I, I trotted out the uh how back in the nineties I worked with Glad to follow the reaction that people had when Bianca came out and that we revisited later with her relationship. So clearly people wrong tree to bark up. I just I, I, I think there were too many things going on. I just can't root for them. I just don't like them as a couple. It it just well- seems Wrong. I don't know. and It's not the age thing. It's there was a person of authority. There was a wife. There was, you know, sleeping to get a better
1: grade.
0: There's all this other stuff that was too complicated that just makes it, it makes it unappealing. But that would be the case for anybody. I don't like those sloppy things like sleeping with your your son or daughter's spouse. That's messy. I'm not going to root for you because you slept with your your kid's lover. That isn't, sorry, not going
1: to happen. But at the end of the day, the more important thing is, you and I are two people who, um, you know, we have opinions, we share them freely, that's part of our job is, is, you know, we, we go on the Twitter machine, and we talk about soaps, and we come on, you, you know, we come on shows, and we talk about soaps, and we share our opinions. It doesn't make our opinions right, it doesn't make our opinions wrong, although really our opinions are usually right. Um, but... Just because someone doesn't like the same couple as you doesn't mean that they're wrong. It doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It doesn't mean that they deserve to be attacked. It doesn't mean they're homophobic. It doesn't mean they're racist. It doesn't mean they're ageist. All it means is, for whatever reason, they don't see the same thing you do. And I I will freely admit that after I don't know how long I don't know how many years I've been doing the Twitter thing. I don't remember when I brought the magazine on Twitter, but I'm getting to the point where I, you know, I limit my interactions with certain segments of the Twitter population simply because I am not there to be, you know, to be dissed because I don't have the same opinion as you. If you want to try and change my mind, and you want to talk to me, and you want to have a discussion, or you want to have a debate, or you want to talk about why you like that couple, that's awesome. But, you know, I'm all for that. But if you want to just be mean and nasty and negative and trash talk, I'm probably not going to listen to that. That's just – that's just that, that doesn't – that's no. No. June so
0: 2009 some the, all... is when you brought the uh, magazines onto Twitter. June 2009. So coming up wow. on uh... – yeah, no. Coming up on on what eight and a half years?
1: That's crazy. Jeez.
0: Jeez.
1: <laughs> but I think you. But, but I think you feel the same. But I think you feel the same way. Like you know, you you just because you state an opinion about a couple doesn't it doesn't mean that you, you know, it doesn't mean you hate the actresses. It doesn't mean they're, you think that they're, you know, there's inappropriate age things or that you're racist or homophobic or whatever. It just means, you know, for whatever reason, you don't see the same thing somebody else does.
0: I think the thing though, that I I also have to put out there to that is that for whatever reason, I'm not particularly fanatical about anything like that like i'm very passionate about the soaps i will defend the soaps as long as i possibly can you know till there's no air left in my lungs however
1: i don't get that way about
0: the characters um i mean if there's a couple that i like and they break up on a show and we'll take it even out of soaps we'll even go into into prime time or if there's an actor who leaves I always use the example of when Sandra Oh left Grey's Anatomy, who she played Christina Yang. I was upset that she was leaving, and it was very sad to me that she was leaving. But I didn't go on a hate-filled Twitter spree, you know, talking to Shonda Rhimes that she was the worst person in the world for letting her go, or going after uh Sandra O oh, to say oh my gosh you know how could you do this to me you're a horrible person for leaving the show you should stay there until the end of time because i want you to be there and i don't care about your life and what movies you want to do or any other projects boo you like i don't i don't get that that's not me that's never been me so when when people do say i mean you call them the single couple shippers um
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know i'm fine with you liking uh, a bit. I'm fine with you liking Sam and whatever uh, iteration of, of Jason is currently on the screen. I'm fine with that, but I can't imagine watching a show for one specific thing. It goes back to what we talked about with The Bold and the Beautiful of there they're giving you one specific thing in stories for, you know, a couple of weeks. So I can say if you if you don't like the story, you can say, well, there's really nothing else for me to watch on this show right now. Because literally there was nothing else for you to watch on the show right now. But for something where there's still an ensemble cast and there are other storylines, you don't have to like um, – the two Jason storyline. Okay. But that might be the bad example on, on GH because they're you know, it's, it's the bulk of the story, but there are other things that are going on that you can maybe get through the hour on. So, uh, I know for me, I wouldn't watch a show. And this is, of course, people will say, well, I fast forward through everything except, um, I don't know that I believe that entirely. Sure. There's some people who do that. Great. Um, I, I don't see that as, as being the case where somebody's just going to fast forward through and watch, you know, five minutes of an hour show. I, I watch the stuff and, you know, maybe I don't pay as close attention to the things on shows when there's stuff going on that I don't I don't care about. Um, but whoever this the, the doctor, uh, the Australian guy on Grey's Anatomy, who they tried to pair up uh, Nathan, uh, Meredith, Nathan, with. Nathan, Dr. Nathan, Nathan Riggs. Like, I didn't like the character. He bo- from the time he went on, I found the character annoying. And when, he, you know, they would Me try to too. do a little pairing. I just – but I didn't stop watching the show. I just sort of rolled my what? eyes. And, you know, as you do, you, you, know, you talk to the television and say, oh, my God, can you go back to somewhere and go to another hospital and just leave us alone? Leave Meredith alone. Run, run, run.
1: And, you know, and, and you alone, get to the next scene. To be together and, with Alex. Leave Meredith alone just to get together with Alex. Oh, he's her endgame. That seems like being with your brother.
0: No, no that's horrible. He is, you're a horrible he is person her for suggesting game.
1: that. He is no. her endgame. He's her no. he's her match. No. Yes. No. But no. I think that what you're saying eventually, <laughs> is what I say all the time, which is I don't ship couples, I don't ship characters, I ship storylines. If this you know, I, if I didn't ship storylines then I wouldn't be watching days because I've never really, I mean, I do like some of the couples now. I do like some of the characters now, but there were, there were whole periods where I didn't like any couples on the show. You know, I, 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 there were periods where I just, I was like, yeah, this just isn't my show. And that, and that's because they don't, you know, they don't write characters the way I do. They don't, the the way I want them written or storylines the way I want written. Um, And I probably wouldn't have watched it during those periods were it not for the fact that, you know, it's my job, I get paid to, but, when a couple is on a show that I don't like or a storyline is on a show that I don't like, um, you know that I may comment on and I may not like a couple. I may not like a storyline, but I don't watch any show for a couple or for a storyline. I watch for I, – I, or I, sh- I should say for a couple or a character. I ship storyline. If you tell me good story, I don't care who's in it as long as it's good story. I'm going to
0: tell you a good story, but I, I'm going to, while I babble, I'm going to give you like 10 seconds to do something because I forgot, and I think you might have as well, that the live feed of the show kicked off seven, seven minutes ago, and we didn't give people yeah, a heads aware. up. So there, are, I there are people, and so I don't know if you want to send them a message to tell them on the Twitter. So while you're doing that, what I will say is something that Richard said a little bit earlier is that he's becoming more reserved maybe in the interactions and, and, and corresponding with fans because of the fact that people will say you know, outlandish things of people being racist or homophobic or whatever it is that they are. It's really interesting, and this isn't meant as a dig, but the Soaps in Depth ABC and the Soaps in Depth CBS and the Soap Central Twitter feeds really, to me, are the only ones that actively engage with soap fans that aren't just there for you know promoting story or things that are going on on the website there's actually discussion Uh, i don't do it nearly as often as i want to because when i'm live tweeting um if i start responding to people i'm missing what's going on on the show and then people will say hey what did you think of what just happened and then i have to tivo it back and then i'm three minutes behind for the rest of the show until a commercial comes up and i look like a crazy person because i'm saying oh my goodness look what John just, just did, and that was five minutes ago because I've now T-voted back so I don't miss anything. But, I mean, if you enjoy that sort of interaction, you kind of have to remember everybody has their opinions and you can you know, disagree. However, it doesn't necessarily mean that the other person is a bad person. Like, I don't like vegetables. Uh, there's very few that I will even consider eating. It doesn't mean that I hate vegans. That would be ridiculous. Um, it doesn't mean – well, I mean I would say it doesn't mean vegans hate me, but quite frankly, most everyone in the free world hates me. So it's, it's true. not
1: really a problem. It's, true. it's really
0: true. It really is. I mean if it weren't for Richard uh, blocking me every so often on, on Twitter uh, and me having to create fake accounts to give him a hard time, I would have no one to talk to.
1: Sad. It's really true. <laughs> I sometimes feel bad for you. That's why I continue to talk to you. I feel bad for you because I know that the whole world hates you, and the part of the world that doesn't hate you hates me. I mean, I don't I think, think that part are any of the world is larger. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, it probably is. It probably is because let me tell you, every single couple shipper on the planet hates me. Every one of them, whether it's the. Devon Hillary crowd, whether it's the Lily Kane crowd, whether it's the Jason Sam crowd, whether it's the Jason Liz crowd, whether... At one time or another, they have all hated me. But I will tell you this. Many, many times those same people have come on the show. You know, they've come on the podcast. And I've talked to them, and I've explained my position. And I've said, you know, hey, I don't care. You can like them. You can love them. And I like this about them. I don't like that about them. And and we've... as with anything, once you actually sit and talk to the person, you realize, oh, they're not a bad person. They just think something a little bit different than I do, and, and I kind of see some of their points. We're never going to see eye-to-eye, but we, you know, we, we see enough eye-to-eye that I don't hate them. There were people who I interact with all the time on Twitter now who at one time hated my guts. They thought that I was like mm-hmm. – you know, well, they thought I was you, basically. They hated me back <laughs> with the fiery passion of a thousand suns. And now, and now, you know, they, they, we're, we're pals. We, we talk. That's the,
0: that's the way with the Parker and Christina thing. And I think it's funny because again, there are so many bits of dynamics there that it creates problems with different segments of the audience. There were, I mean, gosh, there were a lot of people who on Twitter – this is for General Hospital, for those of you who don't follow GH – there were a lot of people who complained that Parker was older than Christina. Now, that in and of itself, I don't have a problem with someone being older than their partner. You know, Are there levels of inappropriate? Well, yes, like when you're talking about some of the real-world allegations where you have 30-year-olds allegedly um, going after folks who were under 18, yes – It's wrong. That's an example where age is wrong. However, when you're talking about two consenting adults, age in and of itself isn't a problem. I think that for something like that storyline, there were the issues where people said, "Oh, well, you know, Parker, who was the professor to Christina, for folks who don't follow GH, you know, people had a problem with the there being an authoritarian part involved." Okay. Fine. People have issues with that as well. I think for me the thing that uh, kind of didn't really help was A, the way G.H. tells stories where sometimes characters disappear for years and you don't know where they are or what they're doing. You know, the real world sort of interfered there where uh, Ashley Jones had a baby. She had to go away from the show for a while. It's not her fault. We love her. We love the fact that she has a baby. The baby is adorable. Look at the Twitter photos. So you It know, really like is adorable. Um, you know, like, that's the, the thing. So it's great. Loved her on The Bold and the Beautiful. Since she's recurring, would I love for her to recur on b and NGH, and get double the Ashley? Absolutely. It would be wonderful. Now you have, um, help me, her name is out of my head. Uh, Christina is uh, uh, Alexi, Lexi Ainsworth. Ooh, so many names in my head. Christina. Um, and Voices. Now Lexi Ainsworth is doing a, a primetime show. She was on recurring. She has the ability to go and do other shows if she wants to. Do we want to say you can't go and do that because you're crippling the Parker and Christina storyline? No, because that would be selfish. So they had to take a break and, you know, rush everything together, and now they've gone off to Oregon, as, as you've said, you know, that's what happens sometimes with happy couples there there's no more strife they don't know what to do they ship them off and and move on to other things um, you know they're saying that they could revisit it at some point in time but at what point you know how long do you wait before people have moved on in their head they could be the best couple ever and you know if they're gone i don't know it, it's one of those things that uh it, it's a weird sort of thing when there are all these other outside forces going and it just may be you know other people have uh Opinions of other storylines. Look at the, for how many people, Luke and Laura, Richard, look for how many people think of them as the soap super couple. And now, you know, you revisit it 20 years later and you say, well, what do you mean they're a super couple? He raped her. That's not a super couple. Because, you know, it, but for many people, there are people even generational who will completely overlook that. They go, oh, well, that was a while ago. No, I mean, you see it again in the real world where people are saying, they were sexually assaulted 30, 40 years ago. Does not make it any less wrong? So there's a whole lot of things, the way, the way people perceive things, uh, or why they want to perceive things uh, a certain way. Um, like Luke and Noah on, on uh, As the World Turns. Eh, you know, eh. They were all right. I mean, they were they were fine. Uh, Sunny and Will on Days of Our Lives. I'm more excited about them. There's just, I don't know, there's more stuff. There's more going on. I, I don't know. It's just, you know, it's how you feel about people and how about the characters. Uh, on any given day I may or may not like you, so who am I to talk?
1: Well so let me let me let me see if I've got this right. So just for those who are listening, yeah. just so you know, these are Dan yeah. Kroll's opinions. Um oh, dear. Devon and Hillary aren't a super couple. Uh um but as, I said uh, that I Christina, like them as Christina a couple. Christina and Parker should not be together. Um mm-hmm. Uh, who else? Who else is in here? What else? Uh,
0: Luke so, and Noah. Yeah, just, as the world turns.
1: Right, right. As the world turns, he thinks that Luke and Noah got the show canceled, and it's probably a good thing. Um, <laughs> That's exactly what I said. They brought it down. Yeah, this is going. This is a great example of what happened to me on Twitter last week. Was I brought up that you know I'm exaggerating because I brought up you know the fact. That uh, that I wanted to see Hillary brought down, and I wanted to see her lose everything because that would give her a great place to like be built up, and then Devon could like you know see that she is a changed woman. All this, and some in the Hillary Devon universe took that as, oh my God, he hates Hillary, he wants her dead, he wants her... No, I want good story for her. I actually want well, you know- good story for Devon and Hillary. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Well, you know what? Does Just one being on life screen is handful. not
1: enough. What? <laughs>
0: One Life to Live was canceled because they, recla- they recast Blair. I mean, yes, it took, what, 40 years for it to actually happen or 30 years for it to happen, but that's what, mm-hmm. that's what got One Life to Live canceled is they recast Blair because they were racist for getting rid of an Asian-American actress. I mean, I oh, hear stuff, yeah. like, stuff like that too. You know, it, I, I don't know. You know did, did As the World Trends get canceled for that? No. No more did All My Children get canceled because Bianca came out. You know, the people who said that they weren't watching All My Children when Bianca came out were the same people who were writing me messages about how so sad they were that the show was canceled. I think, you know, uh, I don't know if, if maybe social media makes us want things more immediate. Uh, so if you are someone who would like to see Devon and Hillary together and they're not together, as you gave in your example, by the end of the show that you're morally outraged, well, okay, I can see that's you. Um, you know, I, I think for me, if if I were that passionate, I would enjoy every single scene. Like the hug was, I guess it was Wednesday's show. The mm-hmm. embrace, the sitting down and talking, the, mm-hmm. um, the you know, Devon watching the from the side. Yes. That to me, like, I mean, it, it's sort of like the difference between burlesque and a strip show. You know, if you want to see... You know, bleeping out words, you can go and and see, but there's something to the seduction of it that makes it completely different. And for me, if Devon and Hillary are to get back together, I want all of that stuff. I don't want to call it courtship or foreplay or whatever i want to see the stuff that people will go for the people who love them will go see see this is why i was saying they should be a couple look 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 at these looks across the room these are hot these could melt ice and i want other people who never maybe saw them as a couple to say oh hey did you see the look that he gave her on the at the end of wednesday's scene that's kind of it you know like that kind of thing it, it shouldn't be uh i won't say which show but you and i discussed uh sort of in our private messages that there was a show that was so heavy with their storyline previews it was like the anvil on the wily e. coyote kind of thing mm-hmm. was like hey just in case you didn't know what was going to happen we're going to beat you over the head with it uh, i would rather have the the slow build in as much as you don't take three years to make something happen so you know i i for that. I mean, ideally, we would want everybody who's watching a soap to get everything that they would want. But of course, that's never going to happen. So you have to sort of pick and choose your your battles, I guess. And for me, um, I would much rather have the show on the air than to, you know, not have it on the air. And I don't know. I, I go back to that of uh, we should just be very thankful in the, in the interest of Thanksgiving week here. We should be so thankful that there are so many hardworking people that are bringing this show to us. Five days a week, except on the holidays when it screws up our life and we no longer know what day it is. But uh, for me, that's the biggest thing. I don't really care if my favorite couple, if I have one, is together or not. I'm just happy the show is still on the air.
1: Well, I think that rambling bit of wisdom is a perfect way to end this week's show. God um, bless us, everyone! Oh, I should have ended it right before <laughs> that. You always have to go that. Ex- Steps to make things. Now he's doing the witch's cackle. Uh, it's oh, just, it's always something. People, it's always something. Dan, why don't you give yourself a shout out and tell people where they can find your wits and witticisms and oh, most importantly, your puns.
0: Go, Dan. You're amazing. Keep it up. Oh, you know. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That's what I say <laughs> from the other account. <laughs> from the fake ones. Oops. Right. Uh, if you're looking if you want to follow all of my fun soap discussion, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at SoapCentral or SoapCentral.com. If you enjoy what I do with the soaps and want to know what I do when I'm not soaping, I don't know what that means. Uh, I talk about <laughs> things other than soaps on my regular personal account, and that's at Dan J. Kroll. You can find that on Twitter, on Instagram, on Snapchat, though I don't use it, on Periscope. Uh, You can go to my website. It's danjkroll.com. There's bits and pieces of my mind there. You'll see a lot of feuding with Richard Sims and his multiple accounts because it brings me joy. And quite frankly, in times like this, we need to do what brings us joy. Thank you, Richard.
1: I, I have to Thank say, I just points. learned. I I just learned something about. It. I didn't even know you had a, a web account, DanJKroll dot com. I had no clue. I can't wait uh, to go and see it. I I, uh,
0: I also have DanKroll dot com, dot com. Oh, you're not company. taking any
1: chances. You're not taking any chances. <laughs> At, oh, I even Nobody's have. Nobody's gonna buy uh, another account out from under me. <laughs> I've even
0: got Dan J. Kroll is an ass. dot com, or I don't know, or a jerk. dot com, or whatever I have. I have them all, so <laughs> don't mess with me.
1: Well, I, I, it's funny because you know, I think I own Twitter because you know I have like a hundred Twitter accounts. But I've got to say, you own. Like the rest of social media, because like I, I might have a Snapchat account. I'm not really sure. I think somebody set it up for me once, and I was like, I don't understand this. I don't even know how to make the bunny faces. Um, I have an Instagram account, but I don't use it all that often. So if I am the king of Twitter, you are the king of the rest of social media, and I think that we've divided our kingdoms up very well. Uh, Dan, thank you as always. I always really enjoy it when you come on, I think the listeners do but really you and I have so much fun that I don't really care if they do so uh, so thank you very much um, for coming on for those of you who don't know and I don't know how you got this far into the show without knowing that was Dan J. Cole uh, he is the uh, master and uh chief cook and bottle washer at Soap Central and uh, you can find it over at SoapCentral.com or you can follow him at Soap Central. You can follow him at Dan J. Kroll as he said. I'm Richard Sims, the executive editor and tweetmaster general at Soaps In Depth and you can follow us at SoapsInDepth.com or on Twitter at Soaps ABC and at SoapsInDepthCBS. My personal account is at How Rude Are You, and I talk about uh, primetime TV over on at all TV, all shade. Uh, so I'm always around somewhere. I want to thank you guys very much for listening. I will be back in a couple weeks with a new show. I'll let you know when. We're on a little bit of an irregular schedule right now. But as always, because it soaks and because you don't know exactly when I'm going to do my next show, what do you have to do? Tune in tune tomorrow. Tune in tomorrow. Just tune in tomorrow.